Hi, my name is Jamar Jabari. Um, I'm the host of the Jabari uh, VOC podcast, which stands for Voices of Change. I just wanted to give a quick disclaimer on this episode. Um, we talked about COVID. We talked about vaccines. Um, we talked about the corruption in healthcare. Now, there are a few things that we uh, respectfully have agreed and disagreed on. Um, one is that I did. I disagree that no one should take the vaccine. I strongly feel that people should take vaccines. Um, and the critiques that I gave was just new knowledge on what research they are finding out on the vaccines involving the U.S. I don't agree with the criticism with China. Um, you see it all in the notes. And when it comes to ivermectin, um, it has been proven to show that it helps, but I don't think it is 85% as he uh, mentioned how 85% um, helped. So there are some agreements and disagreements that I have um, on, on this podcast, but it was all respectfully agree and disagreements with transparency. And thank you so much for listening. Excellent. Jamar, I want to introduce you to my Trini wife. Here's my wife of 30 or 40 years. Oh, hi. This is Judy. And we just got a new dog. <laughs> There's, this thing's going to be 150 pounds. It's oh, wow. Uh, anyway. So that's adorable. Just, okay. Thanks, Judy. <laughs> Beautiful family. Thank you. Thank you so much, Robert, for uh, coming on here. Um, I just wanted to introduce you real quick. Uh, Robert, you are a, a former, you are a retired doctor in the cosmetics um, arm of healthcare, right? That's correct. And uh, Jamar, you don't ever have to doctor me. Just call me Robert, all right? Okay. Let, let me, let me do I always the, want to uh, make sure I'm very, uh, you know, proper. respectful. Yeah. yeah, no, I appreciate it. I, yeah, I was a cosmetic surgeon. That's more accurate. And okay, gotcha. I, I can get into all that stuff. But I think the uh, the best thing for this podcast would be to tell, you know, I was at the end of my career. Mm -hmm. And I started looking at, um, you know, I prescribed hormones for my middle aged women for for years. And I, I finally ended up writing this book, um, right. Hormone Secrets. And mm. uh, I found that there were a lot of problems with the uh the there was there was a little problem with the truth about what was going on i couldn't quite figure it out and i eventually uh sort of identified uh in multiple areas in hormone therapy that were uh, basically a pack of lies and these are some of the most valuable uh treatments that we've ever had and we've had experience with them for about 100 years over 100 years for thyroid and for progesterone estrogen and testosterone and 80 years or something and uh, there's a phenomenal number of studies but the fda put black box warnings on them so i got into that and then i slipped gradually into examining the rest of healthcare. And I've studied this for four years. And I eventually, I wrote my other book, uh, Butchered by Healthcare, mm -hmm. as a whistleblower expose of a lot of it, everything from the uh, insurance companies to the medical specialties to a lot of the other pieces. Um, but um, basically, medicine degenerated. And uh, we've been marketing drugs that barely work or don't work. And uh, the pharmaceutical companies 
gain power by spreading fear and disease mongering, which means uh, almost making up things in order to sell the drugs. Right. So, um, so I can, I can tell you, I can summarize how the parts fit together. And I think that's what my strength is, right. is rather, rather than being uh, absolutely up to date on the latest information coming uh, from, uh, you know, all these different sources, I, I can tell you what happened the last 10 or 15 years. And I can tell you why the whole thing's so hard to understand. You just can't make this stuff up. I mean, it's, mm. it's an insane scene that's going on now. And everybody knows it's crazy, but everybody has a separate interpretation. So if you want to let me run for a few minutes, I can um, give you the background. Okay. So, you know, we've got to start with the money and finish with the money. And uh, this is how the money goes around. Basically, we rain money out of the sky on our medical industry for 30 or 40 years. It had double digit growth rate over that time, sometimes approaching 20%. And per capita, we end up spending twice what any other developed country spends on medical care. It's absolutely crazy. We spend 20% of our gross domestic product around $4 trillion. <clears throat> and France, England, Canada, they all spend around 10% per uh, of their gross domestic product and half of what we spend per capita. So uh, there are 4 trillion of medical outlay is bigger than the federal government. Now just let that sink in for a second. It's at least the same size. The federal government tax rolls are 3.5 trillion. And of course they're spending more than they're taking in, which is another crazy story. But, and so maybe they're a little bigger, but it's a, around the same size. And this makes these people, the healthcare people, the largest um, influence in Congress. I mean, they, they, uh, pay the congressmen, which they call, uh, you know, lobbying money, but it's in my uh, opinion, it's tantamount to bribery, which is a legal term. Maybe I shouldn't use that, but, um, <laughs> anyway, the other thing about healthcare is 50% uh, of what we get is either harmful or useless. And that's not academically controversial. That's not well known in the, in the uh, non-medical community, but there are plenty of articles that show that. So pharmaceutical companies violate more criminal laws than any industry in history. Now just think about that for a second as measured by their criminal settlements with US federal prosecutors. Anybody can go on Wikipedia and look at the top 22 drug makers payoffs since 2004, they have their own Wikipedia page of shame. And I want to quote Peter Ross, who was a former Pfizer uh, marketing vice president who compared the drug makers to mobsters. He said, it's they scary. Are. yeah, that's what they are. It's scary how many similarities there are. And we can, we can say all this without calling it, calling them out on our own, but right. we can quote people, right? It's right. scary how many similarities there are between this industry and the mob, obscene amounts of money, killings and deaths, bribing politicians and others. The difference is all these people in the drug industry look upon themselves as law abiding citizens. However, when they get together as a group, it's almost like when you have war atrocities, people do things wow. they don't think they're capable of because the group can validate what you're doing is okay. And that's from his book, The Whistleblower. So their attitude toward doctors and the rest of us is, is, is exemplified by a, a quote, another quote I have by Harry Lloyd, who was the head of another drug company that marketed chloramphenicol, which is a drug which was well known to kill kids in small numbers, but it was too, it shouldn't have been marketed widely. They, he said, if we put horse manure in a capsule, we could sell it to 95% of these doctors. So they, they only stopped marketing that product after it went off patent and became less profitable. 
So the other part of this equation is the FDA, the Food and Drug Administration. And that's supposed to be a regulator of both the food and the, the, the medications. And it's utterly failed in both departments because it's been bought off by direct payments from these um, corporations uh, for decades. And in the case of the drugs, the direct payments are called user fees, which are incurred during the patent process. And since this happened, the FDA regards the big pharma as clients rather than entities to be regulated. I mean, it's outrageous. Currently, if the FDA approves, it fails to approve a drug, they may not be able to make their payroll. So this, this transformed them into another lackey in the pharma's marketing department. So since this time, the FDA and the pharma companies have been shamelessly faking the studies required for drug patents. And Peter Gercha, who's one of the founders of Cochrane, he said, quote, the pervasive scientific mis misconduct has led to a research literature where one has to dig deeply to find the few gems among all the garbage. And he's referring to statistical manipulation, hiding studies that don't promote drug marketing, use of contract research groups in other countries, and many other frauds. So if, you're, if you get specifically interested in this, I, my references, I've got 500 references in this book and their clicks in the e, in the ebook they're easy to find mm -hmm. so the the medical journals are also co-conspirators even the most prestigious ones are almost now in the service of the medical industry 95% of their articles are written ghost written by corporate ghostwriters journal editors who should be the ultimate scientific referees they're paid tens of thousands to hundreds of thousands of dollars each per year direct payments directly by the corporates. Cicero said it best, nothing is so strongly fortified that it cannot be taken with money. These academics, they're decorated, qualified, they're only humans, so they're shilling for their paymasters. So currently in medicine, unlike almost any other field, we declare our conflict of interests, and there's it's supposed to cleanse the filth from this process, but it doesn't. In government or law, issues like these would result in firing or even criminal prosecutions. But in, in medicine, we just put the, uh, the people who paid us at the end of the um, medical literature papers. Right. So, you know, we have sophisticated observers who can easily find study frauds and publish man manuscript scripts. In other words, they, they can look at these things and they can see what was omitted and what's vital. And I, I have a friend who, who sort of, he, he, I asked him, I said, well, you read all of the studies for <clears throat> the vaccines, the quote vaccines. He, I said, do they work? He said, you know, I kind of think they do, but I can't tell because I don't have all the data. They left out the hospitalization rate, which is a critical, a critical number along with the death rate. <clears throat> and without it, he said he couldn't tell whether they worked or not. I have thoughts on that. Yeah. But, um, we'll get to that. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I like quotes. I'm a quote. Uh, I live on quotes. So Nietzsche said, I'm not upset that you lied to me. I'm upset that from now on, I can't believe you. And so we've been lied to again and again by these companies as their right. criminal records attest. If the vaccines had a net benefit, that studies would have definitely included all that data. So I don't think they do. Right. And it's we're being proven out by recent um, news. So, you know, you probably are aware of this, Jamar, but we've got this reporting system for fatalities for vaccines called the Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System. It's called VAERS. And this thing is still intact, despite 
all the pressures from industry and all that stuff to remove it. We still right. have elements. Okay. So we've got, I think it's 16,000 fatalities that have been documented. And this thing takes a, takes a doctor 30 to 45 minutes to fill out and they're not paid to do it. So uh, there's underreporting also because you know, you can't be absolutely sure that a stroke that happened within a week of getting the vaccine was due to the vaccine. The causality is in doubt. So the underreporting bias on, on this database is probably the best estimates are three times. So there's 45,000 or something like that deaths is at least three times for fatalities and many, many, many times, perhaps even a hundred times for more minor complications like- Wait, you know, so are you saying unvaccinated or with vaccines? With This is caused by the vaccine. 16,000 deaths have been reported. Right. Now, vaccines in the past have been kicked out, have been destroyed, have been torn up after 50 fatalities. But for whatever reason, we've allowed this huge number of deaths for the most profitable drug in history. I mean, the, the pressures to, to continue to market this thing are just, they're, they're unbelievable. Right. So this is I mean, not going to get on YouTube at all. They'll demonetize no. this so fast. Yeah. <laughs> So I, I, I can ramble on and kind of finish my story if you want, or you can ask me questions. Yes. Um, so I have been very uh, involved in, not involved, but been very uh, reading up and listening to other uh, med medical care professionals from different regions, not um, because for some reason what we're seeing is exactly what you're saying. There is a biasness on vaccines here. Um, especially with putting in trust into companies like Pfizer, which has been proven to be such a very distrusting company for a while now, but all of a sudden they got it right for some reason. And what they're not saying at all is what you're saying is that people that are vaccinated are losing their, uh, are dying as well too, and also are getting affected. Um, there is a study that I read um, I don't know if you know this study about the ANR uh, vaccines. I have that as well too. Basically, it gave us a huge boost of protein to to fight off, but that boost came with a cost. They're starting to see that we are losing uh, our numbers of protein to to fight immunization over time, and we need to like figure out how we could give that back. So people are saying, "Oh, I don't need to do vitamins." or I don't need to lose weight or work out when they should be doing that as well too. J Jamar, that's too far into the weeds for me, right? I'm, I'm, a, <laughs> I, I'm a more uh, rule of thumb guy and uh, I've got, I haven't even told the worst part of the story yet. I mean, this, the vaccine is injurious. It's killing a lot of people. I mean, a lot of my friends have 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 other friends who have died or or have had strokes or uh, God knows what. But the worst part of the story, I, you know, yeah, Pfizer's had I believe their last settlement with federal prosecutors for criminal activity was three billion dollars, and it's one of the records at the time. I think it was a record, but you can check for sure on the if you search Wikipedia for their, uh, you know, uh, big pharma criminal settlements, right? Mm -hmm. Look at that page. Oh, it's uh, all over. <laughs> it's all over. Yeah. But the, when I, I first heard about this vaccine, and it supposedly had 95% efficacy, I just had to laugh because I knew that 
the vaccines that they produced in the last 20 years were, you know, the vast majority of them were no good. For example, you've, I'm sure you've had the HPV vaccine, the wart vaccine that supposedly pre prevents cervical cancer in women. Well, that, that thing, they threw away 50% of the studies. And when Japan looked at the evidence, they threw it out. Only 1% of the Japanese are vaccinated. But here in U.S. and Europe, the, the, the thing is still given to all our children with, in my opinion, no evidence that it, it's helpful. It's very expensive. We spend billions on this. The other thing that doesn't work is a flu vaccine. And you can look at uh, Cochrane Reviews, C-O-C-H-R-A-N-E Reviews, which is the most respected source in medicine. And you can read the summaries of the meta-analyses, which are uh, summaries of all. And basically this this stuff, you know, if it works, it's very subtle. And the, the cost is probably $100 billion by now. I mean, it's just crazy. So my yeah, some people will also say that the vaccines for... Um basically measles and basically uh what was the big thing back in the day uh polio those eradicated um that would be their defense um with saying well, that the vaccines are not really as uh, beneficial well you do, we don't want to attack vaccines in general we want to attack what's going on right now and it's right it, you know th there are arguments um that say that there are some of these older ones that cause a lot of problems and maybe we should be more careful with them but i'm not i'm not a uh, you know the, the word that has been has been used by the uh, propagandists on the other side is anti-vaxxer so yeah. you know we we don't want to get blamed for uh, claiming that the measles vaccine doesn't work and i don't i'm not an expert on that anyway well you know i am also vaccinated as well too and yeah, we're i'm both just concerned that. about what's going yeah. to happen now that this information is coming out so that, that's my that's my concern and i and i see you have the same concern too as well too oh it's the, the story gets worse uh, you know <laughs> this i mean I, we haven't gotten into the bad stuff uh, so I, I, obviously this vaccine was not a true vaccine it doesn't confer any, any immunity they had to change the definition of vaccine in order to call it a vaccine continue so the the propagandists are you know saying take your vaccine is good for you right but right. um it's, it's rather than rename this thing something like the unvaccine uh they changed the, uh, the 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 definition so the the limited post marketing um studies seem to show some modest decrease in disease activity but only for two to four months i mean it, it's ridiculous and right. the 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 dangers of this thing are are not inconsequential so now, can you explain that for people the two the two to four months process well because i have seems, some people that don't understand <laughs> it seems to decrease the severity of the disease for two to four months right, right. and the people are citing these countries that have, still have a lot of people in the hospitals and us has a horrible record and the the problem is which i'm i'm getting to there are excellent therapies for covid um if used early on that prevents 85 percent of the fatalities and hospitalizations i mean this, and they they've been ivermectin is one of them and they've they've been suppressed by a wall of propaganda and lies in order to promote something that's the most profitable drug in history. I mean, it's just, it's an unbelievable story, but it's, it's nothing different than what big pharma has been doing for 20 years. I mean, they, they, they concoct something, they, they, they come up with a drug that hopefully for them it works, but sometimes they don't work. The things don't work at all. And many times it's injurious, but in this case, they're willing to promote something that, um, 
if used in isolation without the uh, uh, w- without the treatments that work, is is a killer. So it, it's it's uh, it's beyond any. I've never I've never seen any story like this in my lifetime. And the doctors are gutless. I I can't believe it. I mean, we have sophisticated medical commentators who who don't step up and um, uh, tell the truth. I mean, why, why is that? Well, there, you know, the only thing I can uh, imagine is that the entire system has been paid off. And if you understand how big um, the forces are on the other side, um, and they include, uh, I'll get into the other things that they include, but let, let me just um, go into the. Yes. Okay. So these proven treatments for viral illnesses, right? They also work for COVID. And they're some of the most harmless and most effective and they're the most widely used drugs in history, right? We've got ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine and B billions of doses, perhaps seven or eight billion doses of these drugs have been used on human beings. And they're probably safe in pregnancy, right? Which is a very unusual thing to say for a drug. These are decades old and there were... I believe ivermectin um, had a Nobel Prize awarded for when it when it was developed by the developer, yeah. but it to, has to, a, to cure uh, river blindness in yeah, Africa. It's an unbelievable thing. So yes. these things are antivirals and they work, but for some reason, um, it, well, the estimates by the people who've done the the most recent studies who are on the right side of this issue are that. of the people would have been saved, roughly 85% of the people would have been saved from death. And this means 500,000 deaths in the United States could have been prevented. Now, right now- You're referring to the outbreak of 2020, not right now. Well, to date, to date, whatever it is, 600,000 deaths and 500,000 of those could have been saved roughly. Okay, so- these these people on the other side of this narrative, I don't think they ever expected to get in this deep. But at this point, they can't get out. In other words, if they admit what they did, or if they change their narrative to say that ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine, steroids, aspirin, and uh, blood thinners prevent 85% of the deaths, I mean, they're basically admitting that they created genocide. I mean, it's just, it's an it's a fantastic uh, story. Millions of deaths worldwide could have been right. prevented. Right. And um, I, I mean, it's just, I mean, I'm just, I'm speechless. Google is at the center of the apostasy, right? Google whose motto <laughs> is, it was do no evil. Well, at least they're honest. They changed that motto to something else. Um, but yes, they and, did. Who doesn't love YouTube? I love YouTube, but yes. YouTube is the center of this censorship and this, all these lies. So, I mean, it's just, it's a fantastic thing. Now, right, I mean, right. there's more to the story, but it, I'm sure you have questions, Jamar. Oh, yes. Um, listen, I just want to thank you for coming on here. Um, listen, uh, remember when Trump talked about hydroxy? Yeah, that was part and of they, the problem. They wanted to get rid of Trump. They they literally just went in on him about that. You're seeing the same issue with um, ivermectin uh, that, that that recently went to the news as being horse pace um, or horse so, dewormers. So I can ad- address that. And yeah. you 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 guys listening, you cannot imagine what 
pharma and their allies are up to here. They yeah, produce literally, <laughs> they, they produce literally hundreds and hundreds of fake stories about right. ivermectin to toxicity, exactly. ivermectin this, ivermectin that, pictures with horses on the front when it's it's been used in humans. I mean, it, it's just, you can't imagine the criminality that's going on now. And, and I mean, it's just, I'm speechless. But I've been watching that sort of thing with uh, other drugs for 20 years. I, I've been, I look back 20 years and, and saw lots of stories like that. Only this one is a huge story compared to that. Not as many people right. were being killed before they, they were indifferent to human suffering and death, but now they're in this so deep that they cannot back away or who knows, maybe they get freaking prosecuted by the Hague for international war crimes. Mm. 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 Yeah. And my, 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 my next question on, on, on that note, um, do you think that there is a, have you paid attention to any of the vaccines that Cuba has been doing? Have you paid attention to any of the vaccines um, that, well, China has been very quiet on what they have been producing. And I kind of agree with some of the reasons and I kind of don't, um, but for the focus on Cuba, Cuba has sent their doctors out into Italy and saved Italy um, they also sent their doctors out to Africa, which has helped decrease a possibility that what everybody thought that, oh, well, since Corona is such a big thing in the States, it's definitely going to destroy Africa. But Cuba has helped out with them as well. And they have four different vaccines. Um, do you think that their vaccines are more trustworthy compared to the American vaccines? Okay, so we don't want to exaggerate the resources Cuba has to bear uh, to put on this thing. Cuba they is are so a very poor. poor country. Yes. They are so poor. My friends that are in Cuba, they say they can hardly afford gauze pads in the hospital. I mean, it's just a phenomenal thing. There's another uh, rule of thumb that I can bring in here instead of, instead of trying to um, talk about, uh, you know, some details that I don't know about, but there's a rule of thumb okay. produced by um, Ralph Nader's group, um, drug uh i i i i is truth out or drug something or other but they say that until a medication has been on the market seven or eight years you absolutely cannot rely on it and you shouldn't take it right so right. No, no vaccine like this is developed uh over a over a few months period uh and that we're seeing the results of a, a standard um, a standard problem in drug development that you cannot study and figure it out and be sure it works. And the other thing is that most things don't work. So, uh, so no, I don't think Cuba has developed anything unless they're bringing their cheap, these cheap treatments, which are outlined on the American um, uh, Society of Physicians and Surgeons website, which we'll include in the show notes, the treatments, the simple treatments you can you can get a hold of, and and the the ways you can find online doctors to help treat you if you have the problem. And I recommend obtaining these medications before you get sick because most doctors won't help you because they'll get censured by the medical boards. It's and just you're a, talking about hydrotroxy or ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin, and and you know aspirin. And Aspirin. you should take vitamin D to try to push your vitamin D. Now, vitamin D in a nutshell, can right. I go into that for a second, Jamar? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, so vitamin D is not a vitamin. It's a steroid hormone like testosterone. And it's available over the counter. It's freaking harmless, at least in, in reasonably, uh, in, in decent doses. And it's something we should all be taking because especially 
African-Americans because it's hard for you guys to get enough sun to convert the vitamin yes. D yes. in the skin, right? And Unfortunately, I didn't think that was true, but I did my research and I was like, God damn it, it's true. <laughs> Florida, Florida lifeguards, Florida lifeguards have very high D levels and they don't have to take D, but anybody else needs to take some D. And it's, it's simple, it's cheap, it's, you know, I mean, it's pennies a dose. Right. And um, so you should try to push your levels up near 100. Now, the way this works is our, our evidence is not absolute for vitamin D. What we have is, but we do have a study of 270,000 Scandinavian people and the ones with higher D levels, I mean, the levels between 60 and 100, they had lower death rates and they had fewer chronic diseases and they, they, they were doing a lot better. So it doesn't, um, it doesn't prove that giving vitamin D does the trick, but it's very suggestive. So D is a simple measure and people don't seem to get as sick as often with vitamin D. And there's evidence that COVID is less severe for people with higher D levels, right? So that's, that's the way the D works. Mm, mm, mm. So, so we'll stick in the show notes, the easy links for everyone to explore all this further. I don't expect anyone to take what I say on faith. Oh, but no. th but the be, thing is that yeah. what you're saying is not um, abnormal. I've read about this recently. Um, I've listened to podcasts about this recently because the Western media is not talking about it. Um, they're talking about boosters, but the boosters, they should be for people that are 70 years old or, or, or 60 years old. I don't want my, if I had a child, why would I give my child a booster, especially given the science of how these COVID vaccines are right now? No, that's that's the most conservative thing to say, but I absolutely disagree. I don't. I think this vaccine is disagree. overall injurious for every age group. That's my okay. opinion, based mm -hmm. not based on you know a, a read of the literature because there is no literature. They right. they haven't given us all the numbers, and anytime somebody withholds something, you have to assume they're lying. I mean, the whole thing is a total should get fraud. vaccinated, even the kids? Oh, it's out. No, I think that no one should get vaccinated. Oh, okay. Well, so you're going off of immunity. You want to, you, you think that there's a, a good, strong immunity, especially like people in hospitals where they're trying to like get rid of the healthcare workers. Like you can work. treat, you can treat, see, it's, it's unethical and illegal for a treatment to be promoted, an experimental treat, treatment to be promoted when there is good good treatment that's widely accepted <clears throat> and we have excellent treatment for covid i think right. you should you should have the treatment be have it be available and if you get sick get get your early treatment and you can you can get online treatment from america's frontline doctors you can google that or we'll put it in the in the show notes but mm -hmm. but these guys will give you a prescription and uh, online it's not difficult and it's not that darn expensive the drugs are cheap. The drugs cost, they should cost nothing. They've been jacked. The price has been jacked up a little bit. Mm -hmm. Is there, is now, but for ibuprofen, is there a prescription you have to get or you can buy that off counter? Well, you can now buy almost anything from India and it's a gray area that's not <laughs> true. Well, it's a gray area that's not prosecuted, Jamar. And yeah. I, I think it's easy to, easy to get this stuff. And if your listeners understood the kind of drugs that are getting imported into America by the wholesalers, they would not be hesitant about obtaining drugs from India. Because what happens now is 95% of our drugs that we use are generics, which means that the wholesalers yes. obtain these somewhere in the world at the cheapest price they can right. and dump them on the drug retailers. And that's what we're getting. 
you know, there are many, many examples <clears throat> of drugs that don't last as long as they should. I mean, the people, many of your listeners probably have experience with blood pressure drugs that only last 12 hours instead of 24. Right. And if you can afford the proprietary or the patented drugs, you don't usually have that problem with all the, but they're phenomenally expensive. So, you know, that's the, there's another horrible story, but you should probably ask me another question. Yeah, or two. Um, we're running out of time, um, unfortunately, because the Zoom only does a certain amount of time. So I will get back and I will get into the questions. And um, the first question is, uh, I, have a, I have a fan that's also uh, into uh, the medical field, and they were asking, how does a cos cosmetic uh, doctor um, know about hormones? And what is your, what is your take on trans people as well? Um, do you, did you also prescribe hormones when you had, did you have trans patients as well? That's a, that's a great question. And we, we did have, we did have trans patients. I, I actually did a fair amount of surgery on trans patients. Um, and I, I'm not a specialist. I'm not an expert in, um, how trans, uh, uh, patients should, should be medicated or any of that stuff. So that's done by a specialist. The only thing I would say, I've got an important, um, caveat about, uh, trans patients Progesterone for trans men to women, right, who are originally genetically men, is injurious. It causes heart disease and probably, in my opinion, shouldn't be used. They should stick with estrogen or estradiol. Um, so that's the only, only uh, thing I have to say about that. Now, as far as how I got into the hormone prescribing, mm -hmm. by the time I ended up my practice, I was... 60 in my 60s and a lot of my women were 50 years old plus and they were being tortured by menopause and i felt compelled to get training and uh supply this as a um you know as one of the things i offered in my practice and i saw phenomenal results i mean these women were turned inside out they felt like they were a decade younger they they weren't as irritable and they they their muscles were, weren't wasting they felt intellectually sharper and i i also treated some men but my experience is primarily with women but my book hormone secrets it's got all the references and you can um get that on Amazon or any other platform and you can learn about it. Okay. Now, last question. Um, well, second to last question. We, the reason why I mentioned, the reason why I mentioned Cuba and what, what you know about it, um, Cuba and other European countries, a lot, actually, is it, I believe it's majority of European countries, if not all have universal single payer healthcare. Um, do you think that that is possible in the United States giving all the business backbone that goes on that you have just just basically the corruption that you have basically beautifully i have to say um explained on all the bullshit that they're doing uh, you know universal health care is Jamar, that's that's a that's a big question but i can tell you i i've got uh answers in my book mm -hmm. and i've got things that we could do as a country and i also have things you can do as an individual to get around what's going on right now but the answer is there are many problems with universal health care. We have three dysfunctional systems run by the government right now in the U.S. They're called the Indian health care system, the Veterans Administration, and Medicare. And they're all three are a mess. And the problem in the U.S. is we have this blend of capitalism 
and socialism that just doesn't freaking work. It tends, it trends towards uh, expanding the, the costs and, and poor service and poor everything. So I, I, I've got some ideas for you, but it's a little too, too much to, uh, to go into. And a <laughs> lot of it. another time. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll continue. Go ahead. Oh, okay. So the, the only last question, the only last, uh, issue I want to call your attention to is I think you can put in the show notes, the, uh, this lecture by a China, a courageous Chinese defector whose name is Yan, who spoke at the American Association of Physicians and Surgeons meeting on October 1st. And she said that she had firsthand eyewitness evidence that the virus was produced by Chinese scientists working in the lab uh, directed by the Chinese Communist Party in collaboration with the U.S. scientists. And it was released on their own people, and they were uh, forced to, the Chinese doctors were forbidden to treat their own patients or protect themselves. And then, um, you know, it was released on the rest of the world. So that's quite a story, and that's breaking just as we are speaking. It's, it's in the last couple of weeks, and you can, you can now, stick that in the show notes. Yes, yes. Um, I will stick it in the show notes. I, I will be honest, brutally honest. Um, I, I have, I don't think that they did it intentionally. I, if, if, it, if it did happen, um, I do believe that there, it was in the lab. Um, but I don't think that the, the party did it intentionally. If, if you want to explore this further, <clears throat> there's, a, there's a book called Global Predators by Bregan, B-R-E-G-G-I-N. And you can just Google Global Predators. And I mean, it's kind of a long read. It's about 600 pages. That's but you can, <laughs> you can go into that and uh, I, can, uh, I can find a copy and, and send it to you if, you if you can stand to look through the whole thing. But um, anyway... Well, thank you. Um, I wish I had more time with you. Uh, maybe, maybe later on down the road, we can have another conversation. There's um, a lot more. Yeah, there's so much fucking more to talk about. But I want to thank you so much, Robert, for your time and keep doing what you're doing. You're definitely doing the Lord's work out there. Um, just e even if you like, look, it's not set in stone what I'm saying, but this is what I'm reading. That is very helpful. So thank you so much for what you're doing out there. You're so welcome, and I appreciate you putting me on your uh, platform. Thank you. And please definitely send me, uh, email me the links, and I will compile tonight the uh, the notes and stuff. I would like to get this uh, episode done on out tonight. Um, but if you, if you don't have time, it's fine. We can wait until the weekend over and next week as well. All right. Yes. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Uh, you have a good day. Okay, bye.